again, friends of the EJ. Thanks for coming back and listening to more episodes and uh, just joining us. And even more thanks to uh, the three different listeners who sent in some topics. That's what we're basing our episode off of today. We are going to answer um, answer some questions that came in. So we love getting ideas and hearing from you guys. So please keep them coming. And um, if you reach out to us for topic ideas or questions you want answered, we will send you a shirt, an EJ shirt. So uh, let's jump in. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the EJ. I'm uh, fresh and ready to go today because I just got off vacation. And same with uh, Dr. J, who's over there pretending like he might still be in Mexico halfway, even though we Mm. accomplished a lot today. Taking a siesta. And Dr. B also. Yo. Yo. All right. So today we're going to talk about or answer some questions um, that we got from some of our listeners. You guys ready for them? Yeah. Let's let's knock these out of the park. All right. Um, The first one, you guys are going to like this one, actually, is how to handle criticism. All right. Can I go first? (laughs) Shut up and listen. Yeah. You always go first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So criticism is part of the deal, right? So you you hear that and uh, the whole thing, if you're not creating haters, you're not really making enough moves. I think there's some truth to that. I think the first thing when you get some criticism, bad review, bad phone call, someone quits, whatever happens to you is to self-reflect, right? And see like, is this, did I fuck up? Right. I mean, so if you did, then, then that's a different response to like haters are going to hate. So it's, if people are just bad mouthing your ad to be a, a nuisance online or something like that, you don't worry about them. Right. If you want to have the debate, then have the debate. If you want to just delete their post, delete their post, whatever you need to do. If it's not legit, if it's a customer or a client or a patient and they have a legit point, man, you blew it that day. We had one mm-hmm. of our docs just post this, share it with the group that he had a, an old patient that came back and, and kind of blasted him a bit. And he said, you know what? You're right. Like we blew it. It was our fault. We want to make it up. And it ended up, you create a raving fan because people aren't used to that. People are used to people denying it or saying, I didn't No, I didn't. It wasn't my fault. It was their fault. If someone actually owns up and says, shit, you know what? You're right. Uh, you know, I think that's the best way. So I think you have to, it goes two ways. One, you did fuck up and you have to fix it. Two, this is ridiculous. And the more of those people you create, the better. And they follow you. Some, I have some of my best haters listening to this podcast right now. And it makes brings a smile to my face every single time that I watch them watch us just add another office, add another office, add another office. It's beauty, right? It motivates you. It's what inspires you to do cool shit. So for me, determine if it's legit or not, and then act appropriately. I can't remember exactly the quote on it. It was uh, somewhere I saw it. It said that rarely does someone criticize you that's at the, at the same level or better than you. Yep. It's always the, the lesser crowd, right? So I took that to heart a lot of like, why am I even worrying about some of those? Even though it can be motivational, like you said, Jay, I agree mm-hmm. with that. But most of the time, I'm like, yeah, I don't even have time for that person's opinion. And I'm talking more of the negative ones that I write on, not, mm-hmm. not the ones you're talking about where, oops, I made it fucked up. Mm-hmm. Once I'm right or I'm kicking butt, I'm like, why am I even worried about yeah. So, I mean, an example of that. So like, just cause people know, so like, when is it not accurate? Well, like we post all the time, say we do this EJ podcast, yeah. right. And someone that doesn't even listen, be like, 
idiots look ridiculous. Like, I mean, something, whatever they post, right? They probably never even listened to it. Even if they have listened to it and didn't like it, that's great. That's, that's their choice to do that. Those people aren't worth my time. So for them, if I have some free time, I never do, then I may pick the fight and be like, Hey, thanks for the feedback. What do you think? You must be knowing things better. Like what, what do you recommend? Um, but otherwise you just, you just move on past it and laugh. And the more of those you accumulate, the better you're doing. If we said something offensive on the podcast, right? Chelsea usually, then all of a sudden we may want to come back and say, you know what? You're right. We didn't mean to say that, or here's she's what we meant or something. So she's, uh, she's a little more relaxed today after her yoga retreat, but, <laughs> but so, I mean, so yeah, again, just determine what the hell's going on. Chelsea, what, what's your opinion on this? Yeah. I was just going to say like, <clears throat> anytime I get uh criticism, I kind of, it's kind of what you guys already said, but I was thinking it before you said it. So now I just sound like a copycat. No, so it's your idea. <laughs> I copied it. No, I think that it's just like an important thing is to take all criticism with like a grain of salt. Like who is it that's giving it to you and what are their intentions, you know? And I think, you know, when some people criticize me, I just kind of like, don't even waste my time besides just being like, okay, thanks for your opinion. Like, but when other people give me criticism or criticize a certain situation, if they are like a valid person to be criticizing that, like you said, Brandon, they're at or above your level, then you're going to pay attention a little more and, and even like dive into it more with them, I think. So it's just, you can't like, some people get so sad when people criticize them and it's like, why? Like, does that person mean the world to you? Do they do what you're doing 10 times better? Like, don't get so sad. Just like take it and maybe learn something from it and then move on. If it's not something that someone that you like really respect or need to take their advice or their criticism, then just let it go in one ear and out the other, and then listen to the people who do matter. You know, well, when it's, when it's somebody more successful than you, like you said, or someone that you respect <laughs> a mentor or something like that, or family for that matter, uh, which doesn't really matter if they're more or less successful, they, it, it's more of feedback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they don't, they don't criticize. They'll be like, Ooh, I don't, I don't, didn't agree with that or something like that. And, and you respect their opinion enough to, to go through that. And yeah. so you just have to know when you're getting that feedback, that's awesome. And you're right. Some people suck at handling it, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can't, you've just got to, and if you ask any good entrepreneur, but you ask any good athlete or anybody like what inspires you, like what, what motivates you? Chances are when you dig into that story a little bit, there's going to be a few doubters down the, the, the track of their success that said, you won't do this. You can't do this. You shouldn't do this. You'll never do this. Like those, that's what you, that get drives you. I mean, so like, mm-hmm. I still remember coaches, teachers, not the ones that were my biggest fans all the time. They were like great teachers and stuff. I'd have a hard time remembering their names. I tell you what, I can name several different people that doubted me or said, you shouldn't do this or can't do that. Love that. Love the meetings with banks early on that said, this will never work. Don't do it that way. Like I, I remember those people I met with. So I, I think it's, if you just have to change how you look at it. You got to be so excited when you receive feedback, be really excited when you receive um, negative feedback. And I kind of feel like cussing today. So I'm trying to like, not stop. I, like every, everything wants to come out kind of, so I'm kind of fired Angry. up right now. So, <laughs> um, so, but I mean, you know, just take it for what it is, but I think if you take it the right way, you get excited about it and then you utilize it for fuel just to put gas on the fire. Criticism seems to have an easy platform with social media too. I feel like there can be all these keyboard warriors. Yes, yeah. Where just yeah. Like, it out with no repercussions. I'm going to, I'm going to judge that. I'm going to judge that picture. I'm going to mm-hmm. judge you being on vacation. I'm going to judge you. Right. Whatever. And that's right. Like it has such a platform. So I yeah. really try to watch that. Man, don't listen to that noise. Cause they just randomly 
you say keyboard warriors? Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> they're tough. They're tough behind the scenes, but right. yeah, I mean, yeah. there's so many of them. It's pathetic. So yeah, or right, we hammer that one out. So what what else yeah. you got? Um, yeah, if you have any criticism about how we handled that uh, criticism topic, please feel free to reach out. That's right. Put it on my tab. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one is uh, I really like this one too because I think a lot of people struggle with it. Um, finding the best ways to move past a plateau. So you've reached goals and you're kind of just stuck there now. Like what, how do you challenge yourself or work through it and, and get past that plateau of good, but not great. Uh, this is interesting. I talked a little about this the other day. Um, while you were gone, Jay, I, I led our, our team meeting last week with all of our doctors. Oh. And I was, uh, telling them about this book I'm reading right now. It's called atomic habits. I'll throw a plug out there. James clear. It's a good, great book. Um, he was in there talking about goals and I, we've talked many times on the show about goals, uh, but he was mentioning, uh, goals that you, you're not going to really rise to the level of the goals. You're going to, you're going to rise to the level of your systems. So when I plateau, I got to dive back into what are the systems I'm currently at? What am I doing that got me to this point? And you have to look somewhere in there about readjusting those systems, redeveloping those systems, just tweaking them, or maybe even getting back to the basics of those systems. To then bust through a plateau, whether that's patients visits per week or, or a dollar amount. If you're a realtor and you want to sell a certain amount of dollars per year mm -hmm. or whatever, what was the goal you had and what systems got you there? Maybe you could revisit some of those systems. So we were going about the docs and talking through that a bit on, on goals and plateau. Interesting question. I think a little bit different look at that too is I think so many people just keep doing the same thing that got them where they are and then expect that to just achieve a higher level. So there's times where patience and time pay off. You know, there's times when people have been open for two, three months that we have to be like, just, just wait, like it's coming, it's, it's, it's building. But I mean, if you've been open two, three years and you have the same size staff and the same marketing budget and you have the same hours and you're doing the same stuff you've done forever, you're going to plateau. Like with the shit you're doing is this level, right? So you're doing $80,000 a month level or you're selling two houses a month level, right? To up that, you've got to change what you're doing. Like you're not going to get a different result by doing the same stuff. So look at where your weaknesses are. Do you need to spend more on marketing? Do you need to you know, hire more people, open more hours, change your front desk team, whatever you need to do, shake it up a bit. Don't change the good, right? There's a foundation there that, that's great. And a lot of plateaus are at a good spot, but to go to the next level, you have to change something. It's the same as fitness, right? So many people will lose like eight pounds first week, next week they lose six. And then they're kind of like, and we've all been there, right? I mean, I struggle with this as well. And then you're like, okay, so for me, it's 215, right? That 215 is just a weight where it's like, I'll, I'll go up to 225, get down to 215. And then it's like, I got to do something different, work out harder, eat better, change my diet a bit or something, even to break through that. Now, when you do, it's amazing. Your body starts to accept a new norm and, and, and people are this way as well, whether you're building muscle and it's your bench press or you're losing weight and it's your weight or it's your business, shake shit up and do things differently. And that will allow your body or your mind to adapt appropriately and, and make those changes and get off that plateau. I think I, think I just said it wrong. You, quoted, you don't rise to your goals. You fall to the level of your system. It's kind of what you're just saying. Like yeah. If you're a yeah. sell two house a month person or a certain patient visits per week as a doc or wait. You have, right. You have to change what got you there. Not eliminate the basics that founded that. Right. But change it up. Maybe hire another staff member. Mm -hmm. Increase the size of your clinic or 
market more for house. Like you said, yeah. The main, the most dangerous spot is when you're at a plateau and, and you love that plateau. Cause then you're just like, you've maxed out. And so then all you can do is go down. So when you lose that hunger, which would be a different question, no one asked, but they should have, which is when I've made it, like, what do I do to stay driven? You know? And I mean, as an entrepreneur, you've got to take on new challenges. Maybe it's replicate it. Maybe it's do it again. Maybe it's open 15 more, you know, maybe it's hire 10 employees, whatever you need to do. But I mean, there's times where I see people have the biggest challenge is when they aren't unhappy where they're at, but it's keeping that hunger and keeping, keeping going on that because it's hard to coast, right? Yeah, we had the whole, that talk call on coasting and, and whatever we had it on. It was like on ramps and off ramps and stop signs. Yeah. Off, yeah. The gas, but, but those are the kind of people when you don't have gas to hit, sometimes that's an issue. That's what I was going to talk about more. If I was ever going to get a turn. Uh, Ooh, okay. Next topic. Let's go. I'm just kidding. Um, was just like, especially in our company, but also on this uh, yoga retreat I was just on. I mean, I was with a whole bunch of badass women and it was <coughs> interesting to hear like their challenges and different things. And they came from all different like professions and walks of life and cu- countries like all over the world. Um, but like people like your plateau doesn't necessarily have to be like where you're at in what business you're in now, like in one office, it can be just like in life, like make sure you're challenging yourself and doing exciting things. Like, like you said, moving outside, like stepping outside of the office and moving on to new ventures that are going to kind of fill your cup more than what you're currently doing. As long as that is, you know, cruising right along and can keep growing as well. But, um, yeah, I don't think a plateau necessarily has to be just the specific business you're focused on at that moment, but it could be like, okay, what's going to be my next big move in life? Like, like you said, opening more clinics or working out of the office, but helping other doctors open offices or, um, yeah, I mean, I think the plateau could be, I guess you did relate it to weight loss and fitness and stuff too, but just anything like, so I'm, I'm curious of, uh, your mental mindset coming out of that retreat, which probably had a ton of focus time. Like mm-hmm. what, what are you changing? Well, like what, what share a little bit of what you tapped into? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to like give myself a couple of days, honestly, because there was so much. I filled the journal of stuff. Just some of it was kind of like self-improvement type stuff. Others was like in, yeah, in business, like ways that you want to work through things and get better and, and do more. And honestly, I, I developed a relationship with um, someone there. She actually went with me, but we're talking about different business ventures that we want to take on. And she's kind of in a situation where she has this really successful business and she's like not getting to do the things that like make her happy in life. And so she's honestly, she wants to purchase a franchise, hundred percent franchise. So, um, it was Never more, give me a call. I'll, uh, I'll hook her up. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but just like staying well-rounded and not being in a plateau of any sort of your life, I think is important, you know, I like it. So think, maybe, uh, maybe next week I'll have more to give back on this. All right. I feel like it's still a jumble from that sweat lodge I was in. <laughs> you mentioned the um, plateau can be a dangerous place, but I think the plateau or even the squat has to exist as well. We talk a lot about this with the docs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment in there that creates some of the drive again, the hunger again. So the plateau is not a bad spot as long as you're not hanging out there forever. But that squat right before it or a dip even. I think sometimes people try to squat for too long though. I've heard it so much. I'm just like, you can squat. It's good to squat, but like 
not don't just sit there for too long bad and you it's a justification for we're about to grow so it's an yeah. easy thing to say but i mean if you study the dip right and and the market does all the time and things like that if you as you say squat and you come down and then you get shit together and you go right back to where you were and then you maintain that's a plateau yeah so mm -hmm. if you grow past where you were before that's a squat and a growth if mm -hmm. you dip and then come right back where you were and then maintain that till your next squat and then you come back up to where you were like that that's nothing that's just you being maxed out so a squat is good you're always going to test your limits but it's what you do at that point and i mean we, we see it all the time right we practice what we preach i mean we're mm -hmm. trying to hire two three people now we've been trying to i mean like we're growing we've moved into five different offices in the last like five years like it's growth it's awesome you have to relish it and love it you have to be an entrepreneur and dig that We've had the negative reviews, we've had the haters, we've had the positive, we've had, you know, victory after victory. And so it's just like, it's dynamic. Business is dynamic. Uh, it's like the human body. It's like health, like it changes. It's how does it adapt to the environment? That's what, that's what really defines the health of somebody is how do they best define to the environment they're placed in. For business, it could be the exact same way. The health of your business is based upon how well you adapt to the environment you're placed in. Can you fight your competition? Can you beat your competition? Can you win the customers over? Can you change as far as uh, you know technology goes and stuff? It's adaptation is key to live in life, but also to live in business. Woo, okay. What else Woo. you got? Okay, the third and final topic that we got for today is um, how do you build and keep a long-term culture of love and accountability in your business? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, big time question. I honestly think we're really good at, if I'm being honest, I think we have a pretty damn good dynamic group of that. Um, and I, I don't know many companies that are as good. Um, and I'm sure there's some great ones, but, you know, I think that your people are, are your business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if you're a single business, if you sell budget blinds, like you are your business. So you don't need to worry about other people. You don't need to train. It's just, if you're on fire, you sell. If you're not, you don't do it and you don't make any. Um, but in, in the, as, as you grow, right, you're all dependent upon the people that represent your brand. So for me, it, it's everybody. I mean, it's, it's both of you guys. It's 18 other people that work for the Inc. team right now. It's the billing company. It's the software company. It's all kinds of stuff. So how you put yourself out there and how everybody represents you is really what your company is all about. Now, your job as, as the leader is to train them, is to reward them appropriately. It's to provide them an environment that's enjoyable to work for, where they feel respected and, and they have a great time. So, you know, there's pay as part of that, schedule as part of that, benefits are part of that. But really, and you guys could speak to this too, I think it's just being valued and being part of this vision where you can also make a huge difference and feel like you're making a massive impact in things that you want to make, um, not just an impact and maybe what Vanessa and I wanted to do a long time ago. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you hit a little bit on the vision of the bigger picture. That's what attracted me when I first met you guys. It's, it's like, yeah, we're going to come in and we'll help you open an office. And I was like, ah, all right, but I could probably do some of that shit on my own, which mm -hmm. I could have. But then along with that conversation became like, but once you get that one going, then like, what if we did others? What if we created more? And I don't think at that moment we ever even thought franchise. It wasn't even in our vocabulary. Then. Right. That's what we turned into. Right. And, and done all the amazing things, but just that opportunity of like, wow, there's more to this than just this one office or this bigger picture. 
that's what attracted me. And I think you guys have done a great job of explaining that from everywhere, from massage therapists in our clinics, to doctors, to owners, to everybody, really understanding where this thing is going. And it's much bigger than just one single location. We want to, you say it all the time, Jason, I know your kids laugh at you, change the face of healthcare, right? Yep. And that's what I think the vision of this is, and people are on board for that. Yep. Yeah, I think in a lot of businesses, uh, I see this happen, and I, I think this would be a good thing to kind of solve or give ideas on how to not do this so much. But I see people get like, I'm going to create this amazing culture and it like is great for like a month or something or a week even. And then it kind of dips because they don't keep like that passion and motivation throughout their staff. They might have it um, like the leader of the office or the leader of the business might have it. But I feel like it's harder to keep that going constantly. So having some sort of like a team building activity or a meeting once a week or something that establishes that in your business really would help. Cause you see people when they're on fire and then you're like, wow, that's an amazing culture. But then you talk to, you can talk to people who are within that, you know, company and they're like, yeah, it's good most of the time, or it's good sometimes, you know, when mm-hmm. the boss is in the good mood or something like that. But I don't know. How do you like, what are some ideas? I know, like in our company, I know what we do to keep that, but in other types of, in other yeah, industries. In you t- well, mention tribe. We talked about tribe. We have before where yeah. we all get together quarterly and we, we do a lot of business talk and go over numbers and stats and goals. That, that's great. But well, and I then we do it like even further. We do pre like offices do pre-shift in the morning and in the afternoon. And we do like our team does at least one meeting a week. And then our smaller, you know, departments do different meetings, which for me is great. That keeps me on fire. Um, but yeah, so I think just regularly meeting with your team and making sure everyone's goals and mission and focuses are there, but, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I think that <clears throat> I always say this on, on calls all the time on, on podcasts, but I think adversity is a chance to show what you really have as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same as a leader. So mm-hmm. everyone feels great when they read a book or they're starting a company or they're winning. It's easy. Like everyone's in a great mood and it's fun. When you get knocked down, it's so much of a better opportunity to show that, hey, my culture doesn't change. My mm-hmm. devotion to my people, my devotion to my vision isn't, isn't modified because times are tough. And so when you get knocked down, that's when people really see like, yeah, that it didn't change. I mean, that person was the exact same when it was tough as hell. You also learn which teammates are with you. And you, at, during those tougher times, you start to learn who's like, yeah, let's solve this. Let's get out of it. I'm also feeling the stress. Like, I don't want to ever, you know, be knocked down like this. Uh, so I think it's a great thing. And we always say like adversity is such an opportunity to show, to, to really take a look. It's great reflection of your business, yourself, your team. And so when this happens, I think that's the best way to see what tests the culture is when you go through tough times and any growing business goes through tough times. We go through tough times, right? So, I mean, but we handle it with grace behind the scenes because we're all on the same team. We all have the same goal. And we always keep that in mind. There may be bickering and argument and stuff like that. Sometimes you have to get rid of people that aren't part of that vision, right? Or they need to leave if, if you don't you know, really fall through. But I think that it's really about what you do during the tough times and, and how your culture is defined during that, uh, that also allows people to see like you, you mean business and you're not full of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have always done a good job, maybe to tie full circle here, back to criticism, not even criticism, but feedback about what, what could I improve on? What could I do better? I, I enjoy the, the task of having a new challenge or finding something we can do better. I think you guys have always done a really good job of providing that to us. I'm like, man, you kicked ass on this, but here's, 
three things that we want to try to work on or get better. Then all of a sudden I'm driven, like, all right, I got to figure out how to make those things better. So that, I think it's yeah. Important. Yeah. I mean, my, my, I think my, if I'm self-reflecting, my biggest blessing and probably my biggest curse is I, I don't, I don't have a lot of filter and that that's gotten me a long way um, because I have no problem telling someone exactly what I think. And, you know, I, I think that people deserve to know. And so, but I mean, people know when they do great, I'll be the first one to say nice fucking job yeah. when they don't, I'm the first one to be like, what in God's name are you thinking? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you guys, everyone that's probably ever worked with me or for me or partnered or whatever knows that I'll just pretty much tell them. I think they respect that. Um, and so I think that that's how people need to be. You can't tell people what you think they want to hear. You can only sugarcoat stuff so much. And when I say I have no filter, I mean, clearly I don't say everything that comes to my mind throughout the day. I mean, thank, I, yeah. you're, thank God for you. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you need to at least have a little bit of filter. Um, but at the same time, you got to, you know, tell people how it is and, and they'll respect that. And then they can change. Don't get pissed off and let it build up and hold some anger. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think that we need to share here is like a lot of people don't share their vision. They're even a little bit embarrassed of what their vision is. Maybe change healthcare, for instance, like it's kind of cliche, but I mean, like it really embodies what we want to do. Um, it, it, it's also like chain, like elevate chiropractic to a level where people understand it. That's another one of what we want to do. I want to make chiropractic relevant and healthcare at a high, high level. And so like, there's things that we want to do every single day that help you make decisions, but no one would know that if you don't share your vision, when you joined, we wouldn't have gotten someone like you and Rebecca on board talent wise, if we didn't share what it was. Now you guys could have easily laughed and been like, give me a break, whatever. We're moving on to open our practice. That's a risk. When you put yourself out there, people may laugh at you and they're not part of your team. Right. But when you find the right people, they're like, hmm, shit, that sounds amazing. Like, that's exactly what we want to do. And then you kind of find each other and partner up. So it's just like, you know, whether it's you and your friend Chelsea on this retreat or Brandon and I, and when we first met 15 years ago, whatever the hell it was, or, uh, you know, the relationships, you never know when, when you're going to meet one of the most next important people in your life. Mm -hmm. And probably you're going to go through 50 people that are just dead weight to get to that person, but you don't know unless you try and put yourself out there. So, have confidence in what you are, throw it out there and share that vision and then see who comes into it. And that's your, that's your people. That's your culture. You build. I think it's interesting. You said that I, I recently have found uh, when we, we partner with non-doctor owners. So it's just people that are great business minded people and they, they see our systems and they say, wow, that looks cool. I think I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. But if we're honest, they originally got into it because they, they want to make money and have a of successful business. Yep. They maybe don't understand chiropractic, don't know it, maybe uh -huh. hadn't been in it. But I've seen them very recently be like, let's change healthcare. Let's, and they're, yeah. they're like saying what we're saying yeah. because they totally buy into exactly right. what this company is and why we're doing it. It's probably not why they originally looked at us yep. as a franchise, but now that all of a sudden they're seeing, wow. This and that's when we know that's our people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Likewise, we've also seen other people that were like, they're not a fan, uh, yeah. right? It's just, it's just not there. They're, they're here for the wrong reasons, for profit only. They don't buy the culture. They don't buy the vision and they'll probably work themselves out. Yep. Um, whether they're a non-doc or a doc, those people come and go. So it's just like, it's okay. Like certain people play a very temporary role in your life and they're there for a reason. And so they come, they add some sort of something. If they, if they don't, if they take away, they teach you a lesson that you needed to learn and then get them the fuck out. Right. And then other people come in though, and they're, they're there hopefully forever. Right. I mean, so, you know, I don't ever see you guys leaving. I'd be devastated if you did. And, and, and the team out there I'm looking at as well. Um, you know, certain people are here long-term and they're going to make a massive impact. And I think our company more than any other 
hangs out together, is friends together, can work together, can hold each other accountable, is competitive against each other. There's a lot of things in our culture we've created that are very conducive to success in the business world. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Hey gang, those are good questions. Keep them coming, man. Yeah. I love when our, our when our listeners can send stuff like that. I want to know what you guys want to hear. So thanks for the questions, Chelsea. Thanks for reading them. You did a good yeah. Time. It's it's uh, more fun to answer questions that we know you really want to hear and not just hear us jabber. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that we talked earlier today. I had some feedback recently of there's a lot of realtors listening to this. Um, Love it. Like, I mean, even though it's certainly not my expertise, but I mean, we all know enough about business to, to talk through things. Uh, we'd love to have somebody on. If you are an expert, come on and join the, the conversation. And, uh, you know, let's continue. What, what we know is business is business, yep. right? So chiropractic offices are more similar to a real estate company and more, you know, similar to a restaurant than you could imagine. Because at the core level is beating your opponent and acquiring new people that love your business. And it doesn't matter if you're selling iPhones or chiropractic adjustments, there's that to it. And then what you do to provide that unique culture, that unique sauce is very important. But I mean, so, so we appreciate everybody and, and we, we, you know, obviously gear this towards chiropractic and the get-go, but we have a lot of other people listening and we love it. So don't hold back your questions, even if they're not chiropractic related. So let's handle those all. And if we don't know the answer, we'll find out for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Next time. Peace.